following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts. Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an apostolic center for transformation and freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message. specifically called to Alabama and he was eating lunch with the chief supreme court chief justice of our supreme court and while eating lunch said to the chief he said I see the angel of Alabama and he's the angel of justice and our state has an angel and it's called the angel of justice and I believe that justice is coming up out of the state of Alabama as we've journeyed in all in Alabama and we're about to see something significant transpire in our state and our nation. And so we're going to be talking about that today, but uh, it sure is good to be back and to be home. And uh, Bev, you want to say anything or just wave? Or you? <laughs> and uh, we're, uh, we've, we've got a lot, lot to jump in, a lot to navigate, but... Uh, We'll be hosting uh, TOW, uh, Transform Our World Conference, here this next Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So we're excited about that. And so be praying for that meeting uh, as we host folks from around the globe. Some of you have signed up to be part of that on campus. Hopefully many uh, more of you will get to sign up and be a part of that experience online. It will be online, so you can go there and register. It's not too late. It's going to be an amazing few days as we talk about measurable transformation in our personal lives, our families, our sphere of influence, our state, and yes, even our nations. Uh, there's something really powerful happening in the state of Alabama. I was preaching yesterday, Saturday, in Albertville with almost a thousand Hispanic Latinos uh, that are in the state of Alabama and that had converged on Alabama in a conference. There is a movement in Alabama of our Hispanic brothers and sisters, and they are radically in love with Jesus and on fire with the Holy Ghost. And so uh, Pastor, Donnie <coughs> Pastor Donnie came this morning from Heflin. I met him. He's right here by us, Heflin. He came and prayed for us this morning, Our uh, one of our Hispanic brothers. And so there's a lot going on in our atmosphere right now. We're excited about it. I want to take just a few moments this morning and share some significant words. I'm not preaching a message today. I just have some words from the Lord that I feel I need to release. Is that okay? First word I've gotten from the Lord uh, right now is there is coming, or we are not, not coming, we are in a time of supernatural provision for God's people. And so uh, when I say, what do you mean by supernatural? I mean not just a paycheck or just business prospering, but literally supernatural breakthroughs on supernatural levels for God's people. Because I believe we've got a lot to accomplish over the next few years together. And God's going to begin to open the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings that you don't even have room enough to receive. I was, I was reading through the scriptures. I read the Bible through the Hebraic point of view. And I was reading the scriptures this uh, just yesterday, and it was so wild, I read Genesis 22, 2 Kings 4, and Matthew 17 in my daily Bible reading. Genesis 22 was, speaks when Abraham went on the mountain 
to offer up Isaac and there met God in a way he had never met God. And God showed up as a ram in the thicket and revealed himself as, I am Jehovah Jireh, your provider. And it says these ways, it says, so Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. That word provided is interesting. It literally means to see. That's what that word provide means, to see. It comes from this word, the Lord will see to it. Now, I don't know about you, but I get excited about that because I've got some people in my life, if they tell you I'm going to see to it, you can write it down. It's going to happen. i got some people in my life, if they say, Kent, don't you worry about that. I will see to it that this happens. I've got people in my life like that, and I hope you do too. How much more that God shows up on the mountain and he says, hang on a minute, I will see to it that everything you need for your provision and your purpose and your destiny, I will provide everything you need. For I am Jehovah Jireh, your provider. So God's going to provide, and it's going to come supernaturally. Second Kings 4 tells the story of a, a wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elijah, your servant, my husband is dead. You know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditors coming to take my two sons as, as slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me what you want me to do. What do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing at all here at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elijah said, go around, ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil in the jars, and as each is filled, put it, in one, put it on one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, go bring me some more. He replied, there is not another jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, sell the oil, pay your debts, and you and your sons live on what is left. God said, whatever you got in the house, no matter how small it may look, just start using it. I believe it's time for us to start using what little we may have in our own life to the glory of God and watch God multiply it, that he will pour it out in such a way there will not be an empty vessel around you. Not just you. Wait a minute now. Not just you, blessed, but not an empty vessel around you. Your sphere of influence God's about to get involved in, and he will take even what we appear to be a little bit of something, whether it be money, a gift, a talent, a word, but we'll begin to use it for the Lord, and God's going to touch it by the Holy Spirit, and it's going to multiply in this season in Jesus' name. Anybody receive that? <laughs> Last, he gave me Matthew 17, which was a simple story of when Jesus sent Peter to catch a fish with a coin in its mouth. God told me, he said, Kent, I've got provision that's been hidden not from my people, but for my people. And in this season, I believe hidden things from God that he has already prepared for you on your journey are going to be revealed. And so my first word is, I just want to call you blessed. You're blessed coming in. You're blessed going out. You're blessed when you lay down. You're blessed when you get up. You're blessed when you go to work. You're blessed when you come to the house of God. You're blessed when you live as the ecclesia. You're blessed when you're in the marketplace. You're blessed when you're at the hospital. You're blessed when you got a mask. You're blessed when you ain't got no mask. You're blessed coming in and you're blessed going out in Jesus' name. Somebody just shout, I'm blessed. And I believe that, and I believe that is the season that we're in right now. It's a season of increase. The Lord gave me the scripture in Genesis 26. It says, Isaac, in the year of famine, sowed and reaped 100-fold, began to prosper, continued to prosper, and became very prosperous. 
I believe that is the word of the Lord. So let's put up our giving declaration. Let's say this out loud together as a decree of belief. One, two, three. three. Today, as an act of worship, we give unto the Lord, knowing His hand is upon us to do good. We give cheerfully and with great expectation. The resource and supply of the Lord is abundant and overflowing. Therefore, we declare a supernatural provision of everything that is stored and planned up for us. We declare the Lord will provide and go forward in His kingdom in power and great glory. Amen and amen and amen. Receive that in the name of Jesus. Amen. So the second thing I begin to do is I begin to look toward our nation. And I don't believe there's anybody here that wouldn't have spent some time this week. I'm just pulling up a scripture here. I'm not texting. <laughs> texting and preaching is as dangerous as texting and driving, you know. Um, and I, I begin to really seek the Lord about, about this, about our nation. And the Lord dropped the same scripture in my spirit that he gave me when we began the corona pandemic. And I know it's the word of the Lord. And it's Psalm 46. Now, I didn't think about that till this morning when I was praying. And I thought, we're in the transition of the 46th president. And Psalm 46 was God's word. And here's what it says. God is our refuge and strength. A ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea and though its waters would roar and foam and mountains quake and they're surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She shall not fail. God will help her right at the break of day. Nations are in an uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. This is the word of the Lord. God is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge and our fortress. But we need to just have a conversation if that's okay. As we step forward into this new season, we're as divided a nation as it's ever been probably in the history of the nation since the Civil War. We're more divided than ever. This is no longer a, you know, a liberal, conservative argument. It's a vast differences. It's vast concepts of future and we find ourselves navigating this. 
Uh, when you look at the votes as they came in, you know, millions and millions of people engaged. I love, love what my friend Chuck Pierce said. He said, the reason I feel hope for America is because America is no longer complacent. More people got out and voted this time than ever, in, they say, in the history of America. So America's not complacent anymore. Yet we are divided, really divided. There are some folks today that are elated. They, uh, they believe that, that finally, you know, we got the right guy and he'll be able to get rid of chaos and bring, bring a better resolution to the, to the, to the world's problems. And, 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 the, and that group of people believes that, you know, a good thing is happening. You got another group of people who believe that it was absolutely the will of God for Donald Trump to be president and he should have been president for another term. And for that not to happen is going to be a, a, a difficult thing. And you got both thoughts going on at the same time. And I understand both thoughts. I do. I understand it. I see it. I'm walking with it, with you in it. We've got to really understand that we can't make the same mistakes we've made. What does a divided nation need? A divided nation needs a unified church. That's what a divided nation needs. Because only the God of Jacob is our refuge. If God should turn his face away from our nation, we're sunk as a nation. And so what I understand is this. This is Kent's opinion. Neither Donald Trump nor President-elect Biden can save our nation or destroy it. I believe that. With all, if that's true, we need another God. Because my Bible says my God has a hook in the jaws of the nations. He puts up one, he brings down another, and he is sovereign and will be exalted among the nations. And so I understand the political ramifications. I understand the doctrinal differences. And I understand the prophetic thoughts that are there. Some believe it's over. Some believe that, you know, the, president, the people have voted. President-elect uh, Biden will take office. Others believe it's been a fraudulent election. And there's been a massive undercurrent of uh, fraud. And uh, believe that it will be overturned. So my point is the next 30 days or so are going to be some turbulent times. And you got to get ready for it. This is what God says, the earth move, the earth shake. We're, we're going to be in some shaking times. My friend Chuck Pierce says this may not be resolved until January 18th. There's going to be, there's, our nation is hanging in a balance. And so what will be the outcome? What? What will actually happen, I do not know. God does, but I don't. And you don't. God knows. This is the important message. I don't know, you don't know, God knows. And so how do we navigate this? How do we walk in these turbulent, shaking times as the church? What's our responsibility? I said earlier that I don't believe either candidate can save us or destroy us, but I believe we can destroy ourselves. 
Because my Bible says if we keep backbiting one another, we will actually wind up devouring one another. I'm hopefully communicating what I feel the Lord saying is let's don't make the same mistakes we've been making. In 2008, the prophets spoke and said, the next two terms you will have an African-American president. His name will be Barack Obama. That was God's will. I'll be back soon. I said that was God's will. Why? Because the prophet spoke and said, this is what God says will happen. But what happened to us? For two years, we fought that man. The church. For two years, we fought him at every turn. I understand wrong choices, wrong decisions, process, legislation. I understand all that. But we've lost honor in our nation. And if you want to destroy a nation, I'm going to tell you the way to destroy it. Lose honor. Quit honoring God. Quit honoring each other. Quit honoring your parents. Quit honoring your teachers. Quit honoring law officers. Quit honoring those in authority. And you watch how fast we'll lose a nation. We've got to get the spirit of honor back in the nation of America. And it will come through us, the believers in God, who is the God of all honor. And my point is, you can honor a man or an office and totally disagree with them. I can hate my parents in my bedroom when they've grounded me and told me what I ought to do. But in public, i got to love them and honor them and respect them. The Bible says if I do, I'll live a long, blessed life on the earth. Doesn't mean I have to agree with them. Doesn't mean they're always right. But I honor them. You can honor a, a president or a governor or a pastor or a teacher or somebody in authority and not agree. So we had two terms of that. And the same prophet that said it was the will of God for us to have that president says at the end of that term you'll have to be ready to play the trump card. And so next thing you know, this wild card comes on the scene. And what happened? From day one, he was fought, he was dishonored, he was spoken evil about, and everything in the power, and part of that was coming from the church, to try to bring him down. And we wonder why we keep winding up in this mess. It's because we've lost the spirit of honor and respect and dignity as a nation. And I understand some candidates make it hard. I understand that. But we've got to, as the church, in my opinion, not make the same respect, not make the same mistakes, and find our way and navigate this as a unified ecclesia, God's people in the earth. My Bible says in 2 Timothy, whoever winds up being in charge our job is to pray for them, come on, respect them, honor them, even if we totally disagree with them, that we may live a peaceable life. And when this was penned in the Bible, this wasn't a Republican or a Democrat that was running. This was a guy that was killing Christians. 
Yet Paul the Apostle says, pray that the peace of God rules and reigns. So I said, well, Lord, this is a very interesting time that we find ourselves in. It's because the church is as divided over this as is the nation. And so you and I are going to have to find a way as we navigate the next 30 days. Chuck Pierce says it will be like navigating a swamp. And it will be murky and it will be tough and it will be hard to navigate and parts of it will be drained and things will probably be revealed that we didn't know were there before and yada, 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 yada. But in the midst of it, my encouragement is let's stay off of CNN and the Fox box and let's, let's, do, let's do Colossians 3. Set your affections on things above, not beneath. Come on. I'm not saying let's don't stay attuned to what's happening, but I'm like you. I can get so caught up in it because it's not natural what's going on right now. There is nothing in the, in the natural right now. There's no, it's a total spiritual war that's going on over the destiny of the nation of America. And so to try to navigate that in the natural is a huge mistake. we got to navigate it in the spirit. And so I said, Lord, how do we navigate that? The Lord says, Psalm 56, there is a river. There is a river. And I said, Lord, how do you get in? What is the river? He said, it's the Spirit. And I said, Lord, what do we need to do? He said, if you will call my people to pray throughout this transition in the Spirit every day. If you will join me and pray every day for, let's say, a half hour, 30 minutes, maybe 10 minutes in the morning, lunch, and, and evening, or maybe all at the same time, however your prayer is, but if we will pray in the Spirit, it will, it will bring a will of heaven, a will of God transition. Why? Because when you and I pray in the Spirit, we are praying according to the will of God. Look at Romans 8 with me. Likewise, the Spirit helps our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for or as we ought to pray. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because the Spirit makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The safest place to pray right now is in the Spirit because I'm praying the will of God and the will of heaven. Now, I have great hope. Why? There are more people praying in America right now for the nation of America than any time ever in the history of America. And my Bible tells me when Sodom and Gomorrah was about to be destroyed that Abraham went to God as an intercessor. And God said, if there's only ten righteous, I will spare a place over it. I'm telling you, I have to believe there's more than ten, there's more than ten righteous in this nation who are praying according to the will of God in the Spirit. And we can shift a nation, transition a nation in the Spirit into its destiny, into its purpose. So I am convinced because of all the prayer that when we wind up on the other side of this, whatever this looks like, we will have seen the will of God. Now, this is where we have to get. We have to be convinced that God is sovereign. 
And we have to be convinced that God rules in the kingdoms of men. So when we get to the other side of this, whoever winds up as the President of the United States, we have to believe because of our prayers, this is the will of God. And then we can unify around God. And not our opinion or our political preference or even what we thought the will of God was. Because I have to believe if we pray the will of God, God will answer according to his will and his will will be done on the earth as it's registered to be done in heaven. then we will be able to move forward in a place of unity around God, not a candidate. God, this was obviously your will, so we get behind your will, and whoever that winds up being, we pray into that person to lead and guide us prayerfully according to the will of God for our nation. Now, here's just the facts. Whether President-elect... Biden or Donald Trump winds up president, I'm not going to stop doing what I do. My life may be altered. I may be limited or made freer according to how what legislation gets passed. But the will of God for Kent's the same. I'm going to keep preaching the gospel. I'm going to keep praying for the sick. I'm going to keep ministering to the poor. I'm going to keep sharing the good news of the kingdom because I know even as great as America is, it's only temporary according to the kingdom and the rule of heaven where I will spend all of eternity because he's going to come back and he's going to blow this thing up and we're going to have a brand new earth and a brand new heaven and we're going to rule and reign with Christ forever. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is shifting sand. One of these days we will be one nation. In other words, the whole earth will be under God's rule and reign. It won't be any more separation or division. It'll be one nation, one world for God in the millennial reign. New earth, new heaven. This is the will of God. And by the way, sooner or later, I'm going, going, I'm still in the swamp with you, but sooner or later, you know, this thing has to go bad. Because the Antichrist has to come on the scene sooner or later to fulfill prophecy. I don't believe, I believe it's premature for him to come now because we hadn't seen the harvest yet. But there will come a thing that this thing starts going the other way, but I believe that will be after we've seen the greatest harvest that we've ever seen on the face of the earth. Now what I'm excited about is with all of that going, step out of that a minute, February 2020, Bob Jones prophesied when the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl, a one billion soul awakening revival will hit the globe. One billion. 
Is it not staggering that as soon as that hit, COVID came? So this 50-year prophecy gets manifested. A global awakening and revival and COVID strikes. And the whole globe is shut down. You say, did God do that? Well, I don't think so. I think the enemy sent that virus. But that's the same enemy that crucified Jesus and says if he had known how he was playing into God's hand, he never would have crucified the king of glory. Because in what he thought was his greatest victory actually became his greatest defeat. Because my Bible says all things work together for good to God and to those who love him according to his purposes. And I'm convinced that the enemy thought he was going to shut down a global revival. He shut down the church. And the next thing you know, he shut down a, a, a place of meeting. But the church came alive in the hounds and in the business and in the internet. And the, as soon as it just boom. Just like China, the church is underground, but it's growing and magnifying and moving every day. That's what's happening. There's a global awakening and revival that's happening right now that you can't even see yet. The whole globe is more aware of mortality than ever. And are thinking about eternal things. The harvest is white and ready. And now God's coming with a global conference to awaken the laborers for the harvest. I believe God shut the whole globe down because there is a great harvest. It's just not going to come like we thought it was going to come. He's preparing us through the ecclesia to step into the dough of society and begin to be transformational agents. And there's an army raising up around the globe right now and we're about to see the glory of God sweep through the state of Alabama the United States of America and nations of the world there is a river of God the streams thereof make glad see you've got the right and you've got the left and in the middle you got the river river of God and it's blowing right through all of it and what's happening coming into the river we got to lay down some things so we can pick up some other things this is important praying in the spirit Allowing Holy Spirit to pray the will of God. Let me show you two two scriptures from that translation and then we'll pray. Look at this, Psalm 4610. Surrender your anxiety. Be silent and stop your striving and you will see that I am God. I am the God above all the nations. And I will be exalted throughout the whole earth look at this next scripture attention all see the marvels of God he plants flowers and trees all over the earth bands war 
from pole to pole, breaks all the weapons across his knee, step out of the traffic, take a long loving look at me, your high God, above politics, above everything, the message translation says. I'm going to tell you, my God's bigger than the Republican Party. My God's bigger than the Democratic Party. My God's bigger than the United States of America. Our God is God Most High, God Elohim, who reigns over all the earth, and He will be exalted among the nations. I thank God today that I'm not left alone as an orphan here on this earth, but my Heavenly Father is in charge of this whole shooting match. And I, as long, here's, here's what Catherine Kuhlman used to say. As long as God is on the throne and your faith in Him is intact, everything will be all right. Come on now. As long as God is on the throne and your faith in Him is intact, everything is going to be all right. Would you stand up with me today? So what I thought we ought to do is raise a hallelujah. Right in the midst of all this chaos and walking through this swamp, we'll just pause a minute and just raise a hallelujah. Just begin to fill the atmosphere with our hope and our faith and the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. God is at work. God is moving and He cannot be stopped. He is God. He's always been God. He's the same God that brought Israel out of Egypt. He's the same God that took them through the Red Sea. He's the same God that gave them the nations they enjoy today. He sets up the nations. He puts them in order. He rules and reigns. The stars, the sun and moon are at His command. He sits on the circle of the earth. God is in charge. This is our faith. This is our hope. This is our future. God is God. God has not given us a spirit of fear again into bondage, but He's given us the spirit that we can cry, Papa God, Daddy God, Abba Father. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. Our citizenship is in the heavens. We're kingly, anointed priests and kings to bring about the rule and power of God's kingdom here on the earth. You say, well, I feel like I just got to do something other than pray. Run for office. Get engaged. Serve the poor. Go to the medical clinic. Go to the, start giving out food. If you want to get engaged, overcome evil with good. You can't come overcome evil with evil. You can't overcome evil by blasting evil on Facebook. If you want to overcome, you want to engage, overcome evil with good. Bless those who curse you and persecute you. This is the decade of the mouth. Be careful what you say and what you talk about. Now's the time we might need, what do they say, loose lips, sink ships. Now's the time maybe just don't talk as much. If you're going to say something, speak the word. Somebody comes to me, Kent, what do you think about our nation? I'm calling it blessed. What do you think about our nation? God's in control. What do you think about our nation? He rules over everybody and everything. God, God, 
God is the one that founded America. He was the cornerstone we built on, and he will be the cornerstone we finish with because our God rules and reigns. This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org. This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.